Hey everyone, I'm Christina and this is the Broke Girl Society podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. This is the final episode of season two of 2022. Um, We will be starting season three, of course, after the first of the year. I know that I've taken some time off here lately. I've had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life and I invited my really good friend Tara on to kind of talk about it uh, and kind of recap what 2022 has meant to me and her and what our goals are for 2023. Um, I just, and you know, I say this all the time. I know you're probably sick of hearing it, but I am so grateful for all the support that you guys have shown me in the podcast, in the Broke Girl Society Facebook group. Um, there's a lot of things happening in the new year, and I'm I look forward to sharing all that with you. If you aren't part of the Facebook group, we are going to have a total of four meetings in the new year. We're going to have a monthly step meeting, which we've been doing. We're going to add a new monthly smart recovery meeting. Uh, We are going to be adding a monthly book club meeting, talking about books that have been helpful in our recovery. And then, of course, we have the weekly BGS Sunday meeting topic-based where we just talk about different topics throughout recovery. As far as the podcast goes, I've got plenty more stories of women in recovery, talking with different people about resources available for recovery, and just about life in recovery, because as you know, and I talk about this a lot, my life is recovery. Recovery is my life. And so, you know, if I start to try and uh, separate the two, then that feels like my, my life kind of falls out of balance and it becomes this battle. So for me, it just has to be one and the same. And, and, you know, recovery to me is building a life that I don't want to escape from. And I work towards that every day, you know, the one day at a time. And yeah, so I'm really looking forward to 2023 and all the growth and healing that I want to grab in the next year. So Let me give my shout out to Gamban. They really are a wonderful group of people. They're one of the few people that support these gambling recovery podcasts. And, you know, y'all, I'm not complaining, but it's a lot of work to to produce and and record and put these podcasts out. And it takes takes money. Um, Ends up truly being a second job. And so to have the support from the wonderful people at Gamban means so much to me. If you or somebody you know is struggling with online gambling, go to Gamban.com, download that software. It will give you that good start to recovery. It's it's like shutting the windows, shutting the doors on, on that addiction, and, and it gives you a good step up. So check that out. Um, you can find me anywhere on most social medias at the Broke Girl Society. Uh, I'm active on Twitter, somewhat active on Instagram. You'll find me on Facebook, extremely active in the Facebook group. Uh, and you can also email me at Christina at the So with all that being said, and it being the new year, I just want to recap that the resources that are available to you, if you find yourself struggling and wanting to get into a meeting, you can go to gamblersinrecovery.com. You can go to recoveryroadonline.com. They have meetings throughout the day and early morning all over the world. So you should be able to get into a meeting. 
You can also go to gamblersanonymous.org and find their meeting their meeting list either in your local area or online. Or you can go to the National Council on Problem Gambling.com and find the resources in your area. So, all right. With all that being said, let's roll on into this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Christina. And this is the Broke Girl Society podcast coming to you right before New Year's Eve 2020. Is it 2022 or 2023? <laughs> it's 2022 until the clock turns to midnight. <laughs> and then it's 2023. And as you can guess, I have one of the closest people in my life uh, here to have this conversation with me, Miss Tara from the Ambitious Addicts podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on and just kind of doing this year end recap with me and also. Well, you know, it's just us. So we're going to talk about whatever's going on with us, with our recovery, with our personal life. But also we're going to, you know, share some hopes for 2023. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. You know, I think last year I was um, pretty intentional about it, doing a, a end of year, like celebrate your stuff and a beginning of the year episode two about going after an amazing life. So I'm honored to be here with you and having this conversation with you because I haven't planned any of that for my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just got to thinking, you know, I kind of took a break the last, I don't know, six weeks because I was going mm -hmm. through a lot of personal changes, which we're going to get into a little bit. Um, and so I thought, well, I really want to finish out my season two, which Somebody asked me when to, uh, I think it was Hatch asked me the other day. He was like, well, how do you know when does season start and end? And I'm like, the year. Like, <laughs> I'm, just with made Hatch. I'm like, that sounds confusing to me. I just release episodes and keep numbering them. But I, I like the season thing too. So yeah. we're wrapping season two up here then. We are wrapping season two up and we are going to go into season, season three strong. I've got a lot of great episodes already recorded. Um, I have a few that I hadn't quite gotten finished up to make it. So we'll see. We might get those last few out this, this year, but no promises. So uh, how has 2022 been for you, Tara? You've been, you've been a busy, busy lady. <laughs> so it's been busy. Yes. <laughs> it's also been amazing. Um, you know, I think, uh, when I think about 2022 and I look at my areas, you know, it was the recovery podcast. So I'm going to talk about my areas of growth and recovery. And my biggest areas of growth are codependency. Uh, you and I have recorded several episodes together where, where we did some step work and we've, we've kind of paused that for a little bit. I think we ended, you know, we still got to record step seven, I think. Together, yes, right? you're right. We are on step yeah. seven, but we will get right back to that after the first of the year. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I'll make that promise. Yes, we will. I will we too. Will. I will too. Because I, this 2023 is going to be the year that I finished my step work. Okay. All okay. right. That, I love that commitment. And yes. so in this work on my codependency, you know, a lot of things have really crystallized in my relationship with others and the way that I treat relationships with others, the way that I receive relationships with others. And, um, how that affects me and, um, has allowed me to grow quite a bit in a family relationship with my son and really learn how to apply this same principle of, you know, let go, let God that we might say in recovery rooms is a really common phrase in a, apply that in this area of my life around the topic of 
of human interaction and, you know, not looking to escape into the validation of another human being or friends or family or, or loved ones. And, um, really feeling like that work has uh, solidified and I'm, I'm working a program of recovery, if you will, on codependency, not in a formal way, but informally. And then um, that has led to some self-empowerment too around um, not feeling obligated to do things I didn't want to do and setting up freedom for me to really intentionally choose things about my business, things about, um, things about my friendships, things about, um, just kind of other, other people's opinions and, and getting stronger in that area of letting people think what they think about me and not making it mean that I'm a terrible, awful person that's broken and needs to be fixed. Oh my gosh. That's so hard. That is so hard. Like, can I, can I catch you on like not looking for validation because this is the story of my life right now. Like, yeah, without like going, like, I want to finish you, but like when you said that learning to not look for validation, why is that so hard? Well, I think for me, it was hard because that was often how I um, you know, to, to kind of do this song and dance to be accepted even in my own home and like looking for what <laughs> because we weren't loved perfectly maybe I don't know right like, <laughs> yeah okay where does this come but I'm, I'm assuming our life experiences and and kind of this pattern of behavior of, of thinking we're not good enough unless um unless everybody likes me unless everybody has a good opinion of me unless everybody wants to be my friend and, you know, learn just getting stronger in, in letting people be disappointed when I say no to what they might think I should give them, um, and saying yes to the things that I want to do. So in my professional life, you were there for it. I was like, I'm done recruiting. <laughs> I'm going to focus on coaching and I've transformed what coaching looks like. And saying yes to myself in that area was actually really hard because I had clients who still wanted me to work with them. I had a friend who runs a business who I love that wants me, wanted me to do work with, continue to do work with her. Um, and she would always say to me, you know, you can always tell me no, but I'm never going to stop asking. And so that was a good push. And then the, the stuff, there's been some stuff with my son where I'm really learning to navigate, like, am I trying to not necessarily get validation from him, but, um, am I trying to control his life in order for me to be, uh, feel like I was a good mom? You know, like yeah. I can be a good mom regardless of the outcome of, of the decisions my son makes in his life. <laughs> so those I'd say were my two biggest areas of growth. Um, in, in this year were because of that work on my codependency, the ability to really commit to what I want to continue doing most in my work and um, getting paid speaking engagements as a result and leaning into sisterhood and community, which are the things that I wanted to create from the beginning that I kind of put on hold. And I put them on hold on purpose for some earning, but the codependency was showing up in that workspace as it, as it has in the past for me. So uh, just, yeah, those are, those are like my big, you know, kind of my big wins. 
I would say. Yeah. Um, hard stuff. You know, I'm really fortunate that 2022, some of the hardest stuff was like just pales in comparison to what, like my life wasn't hard in 2022. I didn't have, um, I don't really have any difficulty to significant difficulty to overcome. Like there were some fun dating stories in there, but I mean, <laughs> none of it was none of, none of this year for me was, was hard other than some of this deeper work on codependency, but it was the good kind of hard. It was like, yeah, I need this kind of hard. Stay tuned. We'll get some of those dating stories. One of these, one of these days we'll get Tara <laughs> on her, on her own dating episode. <laughs> um, I, yeah, 2022 was much, much different for me. Yeah, And I just have to say, when you're recapping that, I'm just so grateful that, you know, we're close and that I was able to experience all these things for you, you know, like changing your career and really seeing the passion that you're putting into to just empowering women to chase their own dreams and to, yeah, it's just really, I can't explain what it's like to watch somebody empower others. It's just, it's, it's a neat thing. And just being able to, to be with you as you navigate all this. So hold up. Are you, are you watching yourself? Have you seen you? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no, no, no. You're doing it too. And I know, I, but I think you actively, so beautiful. you actively walking away from like a career that gave you like this financial stability, but it was not fulfilling to you. And you being able to make that choice and say, you know what, I really want to help encourage other women. I really want to help empassion, empower, you know, these other women to follow their own dreams. And you're doing that by example. And I just, I think it's absolutely beautiful. And then working through this stuff with, with your son and and being able to be present with him and, and navigate it. It's just, it's just really great to I'm fortunate to be a friend and to be able to, to experience that with you because it's, it's just nice. It's nice to like, I don't know, see that for you. So, because my 2020 has been completely different. (laughs) Well, we're on 2022. It's like, you didn't even want the year to happen. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I meant to say my 2022, that's, that's how much of my 2022. I am not like, I'm trying to erase it. I'm trying to erase 2022 for me. The only thing I do not want to erase in 2022 is that I surpassed the one year mark of my recovery, um, being bet free. And I am on my way. I know we, we live this one day at a time, but I am on my way to two years and I've, so far managed to make it through Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, without gambling. And, um, yeah, so that is some of the highlights I've, you know, have met so many wonderful people through the BGS, through the podcast. I get so many emails, so many messages, people reaching out to me and, and, you know, just sharing their stories, their experience and whether they're hard stories to read or, you know, beautiful stories of recovery. Like they all, they all like touch me in a way that I just never have experienced in life. And that all has been a huge, huge blessing for me. But 2022 has been a year of change for me. Um, And I've kind of alluded to it in different conversations. And if you're in the BGS, 
group or meetings, you've probably caught wind of it, but I did separate and am going through a divorce. And, you know, it's not something when you get married, you think, oh, this is, you know, I'm going to divorce, but, and out of respect for him, I'm not going to go into the details. Was it, was it due to my gambling? Yes. In a certain uh, aspect it was, I think just my behaviors um, while his addiction, but, but he has his own struggles too. Um, and so I think they both, we both played our part. And so now it's been a really rough and I felt like I was really, really stuck for a long time as far as like moving forward. And, and so I, I finally made the steps, uh, to, I'm kind of losing my traction here. Like it's hard. It's right. still, Let me jump in. Let me, jump it's still in hard to talk about. Yeah. And I, I, you know, you, you created this lovely, like Tara, thank you. You know, it's been so great to be along your side and, and do this and see you do this for yourself. I mean, I it just right back at you, you know, you're doing something for yourself that is hard, but feels right to you right now. And you too are honoring yourself and being an example of what's possible when you live a life in recovery. And one yeah. of the things that you examined was, is, is this marriage working for my recovery? I mean, it's a question I'm sure there's a lot more, but as you think about the life that you want in recovery, we have to take that full inventory of our lives and own our parts. So I'm so glad you said, you know, it's both of us are, are part of what's contributed to this decision. And it's a big, big step to take. And, you know, I remember having multiple private conversations with you, you know, where you were processing and thinking and coming to your own decision, but doing so through a, a kind and, and loving, you know, how do I, how do I do this in a way that honors what I, what feels right to me and is, um, as kind as it can be under these circumstances. And I watched you do the best you could with it. And, um, you so know, hard. It's, it, it, it's such a beautiful thing when we say yes to ourselves and you're saying yes to yourself and you're not used to saying yes to yourself. <laughs> I know. And it, it kind of goes back into too, when I was going through that process and you were talking about validation, right? Mm -hmm. I was asking anybody who would listen to me if I was doing the right thing. You know, if choosing myself was the right thing. Right. And that, that in itself is such, I don't know that beautiful is a word, but it it's a journey, right? Where you're, it's an emotional journey, but when you come through the end of it and you really process things and you really take the time to talk it out and you realize how important we are as individuals that in order for us to thrive in this recovery, in order for us to thrive in life, we have to put our needs first, right? And it sounds so selfish. And that's what I was struggling with. I'm like, I am such a selfish person, person for wanting out of this marriage. I am such a selfish person for hurting 
him. I am such a selfish person for moving on. And even, even after the fact, you know, going through the holidays, all these things, I still struggled with this whole idea of selfishness. Right. And then, you know, like, and then the whole validation, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing right thing? But finally I just stopped and I was like, I don't need anybody's permission to do what's best for me. As long as I know that I've done the internal work, that I know that I'm wholeheartedly making the right decision, not only for me, but for him, even if he doesn't understand it. Like I want to thrive in life, right? And yeah. and in order to do that, I need to just move forward in a healthy way. And so that has been pretty much my journey this whole year. And I've kept it on the down low, you know, through my podcast and through the things that I've done. And that's been hard. But yeah, this is the personal stuff you were navigating behind the scenes. And we don't want to reveal all of those things to people in a pub. You know, this is one of the weird things about having a podcast where we talk about a lot of stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. there are aspects of my life that I don't share. Christina hinted, oh, maybe maybe we'll get some dating (laughs) stories, right? Like, no, if I want to talk, I can talk about it lightheartedly. But, you know, there's this element of respecting somebody else's privacy and making sure that the parts that we share are really the parts that are ours to share, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, sometimes blurs that line. But it it takes time to get through what we need to get through before we're ever ready to talk about it. And you said this has been your work this year. Um these are just a big decision, you know, it, it's, it, it's a huge decision and it, it does affect your recovery and it affects your whole life. And you took a lot of time, um, to carefully consider what you were doing. And, um, you know, I appreciate you sharing that the thought about selfless selfishness, because I think that's in that codependency work too, is it's kind of a, a nagging little thought that we can have when we shift into the giver mode and we're like, we're giving of ourselves and we're helping others before ourselves and we're putting other needs before ourselves. And, um, and that permission to give ourselves something takes a lot of time to accept when we're very used to putting the needs of others first. And, it's such a weird dynamic when you've got codependency and addiction, right? Because in our addiction, we were putting ourselves first, but we were also like escaping ourselves. This was not an intentional putting of ourselves first. Like addiction is a very selfish act. I'm very abandoning, abandoning parts of my life and being really selfish for this very unhealthy thing because we weren't listening to all these parts of ourselves. And so now, you know, you're getting close to two years in recovery and there's these parts of you with hopes and dreams and desires, not just for helping other people, but for helping Christina. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's, that's so hard to accept it. I didn't, I didn't anticipate, you know, in my journey of recovery, like, I guess my, of course, I didn't know anything about recovery when I stepped into recovery. Right. I had to learn it. I had to learn it from scratch. I had to figure this out for my own. And this is why I tell everybody advocate for yourself, figure out what is connecting you to recovery, what's connecting you to learning and growing and moving beyond. 
the things that are holding us back. Yeah. And that's, that's been my whole journey from the beginning. And I've had to like build this thing by scratch, you know, build my roadmap, figure out what this looks like. And, you know, there's things like relationships, things like marriages that are such a big part of our lives and, or, or just really significant relationships. And you really have to examine like where I just didn't anticipate how much I would examine the relationships in my life, especially with my spouse. And that's freaking scary because you don't know what the outcome of that examination is going to be. And for me, you know, it took me a while, you know, as I just examined the ins and outs of the relationship and just realized we weren't on the same path and we weren't, it didn't look like we were even trying to be on the same path. And that, that was one of the things. And it's like, when I look ahead at my recovery and yes, I live it one day at a time for today, I will not gamble. So I live it one day at a time, but there's still a certain aspect of having to look ahead and look ahead at that path, see what those obstacles are going to be and try and figure out the best way to navigate those obstacles and trying to get ahead of those obstacles. And, and one of those big obstacles is being happy in your environment, being happy in your relationships. And, um, yeah, it's not, it just, it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy road to come to terms with what I needed to do, but I still knew it had to be done. And I'm so grateful for my recovery, for the tools that I've learned in my recovery um, and for the people in my life who were right there with me for every conversation when I was really, really struggling to make this choice and really, really struggling. And they listened to me and they supported me. And and we wouldn't tell you what to do. And you wouldn't tell me what to do no matter how many times I asked. I'm like, Tara, please just give me the answer. Just let me know. And you were like, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. This has to be your answer. And, you know, and then that's when it kind of helped me understand that I'm looking for validation and I don't need validation. I need the only validation I need is my own. And I think once- I remember asking you that, like, who? Yeah. Are you looking for permission here? And I was, I really honestly was, I was looking, I was looking from it for everybody, but myself, I was asking everybody, but myself, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. And of course, everybody was like, you've got to do what's best for you. But that just seems so hard. Right. Like how am I supposed to know what's best for me? And the truth is, I mean, this is my work as a coach this is something that I work a lot with people on. Like, you're not going to, you're, there's no way to know. There's literally no way to know there's a choice. And then there's having your own back in your decision. And then you, you could make, you could change your mind. Like it's, it's a decision that you're going to make right now. And you're going to have your own back. And if you change your mind later, here's what you're risking. You know, like we have, but when we play those things out, and we t- step into like, okay, like, what do I really want? Do I want this way of living or do I want this way of living? And we allow ourselves to imagine, yes, the future, but from our present 
our present interpretation of the reality and the facts. And you could have made a completely different decision. And you would have had the same kind of noise in your mind asking you if you're doing the right doing thing. Doing the right thing. Yeah. There's, there's literally no way to know. And then once we make a decision, having our own backs and reminding, because second guessing is going to happen. Regret might happen because that's just your brain just, right. just trying to trying to keep you safe and you're trying to change and you're trying to change a lot of things all at once. And so your brain's natural response to that is just to freak out <laughs> and tell you all the reasons that it's not going to work. Very, and, very true. And all the reasons you're wrong and all the reasons this is the worst <laughs> decision ever and all the things that are going to be in your way. And one other, do you mind if I share one other tidbit of conversation we had? No, go ahead. Okay. That's why we're here. It is why we're here. I mean, this, I think, was a pretty big growth moment for you. And I think sometimes when we have these, we don't even see we're having them. Um, when when we were talking about, now I lost my dang train of thought. So we we were having a conversation about this decision and about what you want and about the permission thing. And I think I asked you like, well, how many people have you asked this? You know, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I don't know. Let me see. Did I talk to the mailman today? <laughs> Let's see. My sister, my mom, of course, you like every time, you know, we yeah. do a weekly talk. So every, every time we, we talked, um, yeah, there's probably, there's probably a good 10 people that were in on this like, um, I don't know. It could have been the lady at the deli counter too. Like, Hey, have you ever left some, like, you know, like, how did the you lady do it? At no, the deli counter. Like, it feels like that. It feels like, and yeah. for the longest time, it felt like that was the only conversation I could have. And it was just like, that was all my brain focused on. That was only because it just consumed me. Yeah. And what's interesting is once I made that choice and once we navigated all that and it took some time. And once, you know, I left the marital home and had to, to like really sit in this decision. It wasn't until I was sitting in my empty apartment that the, that the decision that I made really sunk in. And it's like, okay, this is it. But yeah, I felt the sense of like freedom almost. Mm -hmm. And like, not necessarily freedom of like, oh, I'm, you know, out of this marriage. It's freedom of like, I'm out of this this conflicting thing that I've been in for months and months and, you know, just this situation that I've been in for months and months. And it was a freedom of that. And now I can move to the next step and I can just start grieving this past relationship. I can start focusing on the healing that I need to do. And, you know, the holidays were tough and, it's not not because I'm I'm missing a, a particular situation. It's just because my situation was just so drastically different than previous years. Yeah, this is so foreign to you. It's like this is not the same. The other growth moment I think that I got to witness was around as you were you'd made the decision, and I think there must've been three or four conversations where you said to me, well, I'm really, I'm preparing for the emotions. Like I'm like, you were preparing to be an emotional wreck basically. Yes. yes. And I, and I was like, why are you planning for it to feel like shit? 
I know. I remember you why saying that to you, me. Like, why are you planning for it to feel bad? Like you're, why are you making this decision? You're making this decision because you want this experience of X, Y, and Z emotion, but you're planning for it to be so heavy and so painful and so hurtful. And you're making the decision for the complete opposite reason. Like, can we stop planning for it to hurt so bad? Yeah. I remember you telling me that. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? You're right. It's like, but I've always been that person that always just plans for the worst. Mm, And, you know, yeah. And, and I guess I'll just kind of close this, this particular part of this conversation up by just saying kind of the aftermath. And this is something that I struggled with too, was like, I don't want to be the bad guy in his story. I don't want to be the person that that hurt him. I don't want to be. And then there's this whole aspect of trying to control that, right. Of trying to like make everything so convenient for him so that he's not left struggling with certain things, you know, or, you know, so I actually like put myself in more of a struggling position, trying to make things easier for him because there was all this guilt and shame and, all this stuff locked into it. And so, you know, it's really having to come to terms with the fact that, you know, doing what's best for me is, is going to make me somebody's, you know, villain in their story. And I have no control over that. I have no control over that. And I shouldn't try and control that. All I can do is just work the best I can to, to finish up this process and to, to navigate my own healing, my own grieving and to move, to move forward. And that has been my biggest lesson of 2022 is just owning what I need, owning what I want, not having to ask permission or find validation in others and really processing the experience, the feelings, the grief, and what I'm so most proud of, as hard as all that was, is that I did it without gambling. I did it without escaping. I may have done like small escaping in other ways, but I didn't didn't overly shop. I I didn't, uh, you know, there wasn't like a lot of compulsive behavior that I was kind of worried might show up. Um, Was it, did I think about gambling a little bit? Yes. But that, I think that's just kind of a a reflex at this point of like, this is really overwhelming. Let's figure out how to escape. And then instance of like gambling pops up. Sure. A a fleeting thought. Yeah. A fleeting thought. It popped up. I was able to work myself through this and I'm like, well, this isn't going to help anything, you know? And then And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I've worked so hard to gain parts of me back, you know, from gambling, from relationships, from trauma and grief that I've healed and worked through. Like, I'm not going to give it back to anything or anybody at this point. And so that is where I'm going to leave that conversation as far as like, you know, those changes in my life for 2022. And I'm sure there'll be a little bit more conversation as we go forward in, in the new year and the season three. But um, as I continue to to heal and 
feel my feels and, and process. Um, yeah. So let's talk about what was good in 2022. I mean, there's so much good happening while you were navigating all of this as well. Yes. What are you proud of? In addition to not gambling, you got through all that hard stuff without gambling, without compulsively shopping, which people, the amount of time this woman talks about shoe desire. (laughs) Oh, I love shoes. I do love a good (laughs) pair of shoes. I do. And I have not bought since I have moved out on my own. I have not bought one pair of shoes. Um, And a lot of that is because I need to pay rent. Um, I went from a dual income to a single income. So food and rent is more of a priority than my shoes at at the moment. And your sober mind is able to see that. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, a lot of I've made such amazing relationships in 2022. I did a lot of great things in 2022. I was able to take a vacation on my own. um, Something I hadn't done in a really long time because gambling wouldn't allow it. I was able to go to Boston and really advocate and show up for, for people who have struggled with gambling harm. And that, that was that was an amazing moment. I'm not going to lie. That was amazing to meet all these people in person. I got to meet you in person for the yes, very first time. Our first hug. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that was, that was really amazing. And just, you know, being able to continue the podcast, being able to continue the bet free life with Brian Hatch, you know, being able to connect and do these meetings, um, and the growth in the BGS, the Broke Girl Society Facebook group that we have. Um, it's mainly for women. We do have a handful of fellows in there, um, that are supportive and encouraging. And, uh, you know, we have weekly Sunday meetings in that group. We're taking a little bit of a break until January. Um, but we're going to start back up in January. We're actually adding another meeting, actually two more meetings because we're, we're going to be doing, so there's going to be four meetings total in the BGS. There'll be the weekly Sunday meeting at 11 a.m. Central. The first weekend of the month, starting in January, there will be the the first Saturday and Sunday of each month. So it may not correlate at the same time, but um, there'll be a monthly step meeting. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the Broke Girl Smart Recovery meeting now, which is done by our friend Kitty. Yes which is really exciting to offer a different form of meeting. The the Broke Girl Society Sunday meeting is a topic-based meeting. Um, And then we're going to be adding a book club. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but we are adding a monthly book club. And they're going to be recovery-based books, but books that have been beneficial to people in their recovery. So, and I I hope that, you know, that platform grows a little bit more, but right now that's, that's at the capacity that, that we are able to do. Um, so if you want any of that meeting information or anything like that, you need to be part of the broke girl society Facebook group to be able to attend those meetings. They are for women generally. I mean, I hate saying that because I hate, like, I mean, I don't hate saying that. I just, I don't want anybody to feel left out, but it's important for women to have a space, you know, to me. So they it are geared imp- I will say it. I, yeah. your, I will say it. <laughs> I'm always hesitant, but it is important for women to have a space to talk about unique issues 
to women. And sometimes that means sexual harm. And we just aren't yes. feeling safe when there's men in the room. And so yes. for some of us, when we get de deeply personal and we talk about maybe sexual trauma, we just don't feel safe doing that in spaces with men. And so it's good to have at least one place we can turn where we know that we are going to be surrounded by only women. Yes. And, and that has been the consensus with the women that are involved in the groups. And that's been slowly growing. The BGS has been growing. Like, yeah, 2022 she has in been Glamour magazine. Yep. I was in, oh, like if we're going to get like, she was in the braggy. post. I mean, I was in the, I, yeah, 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 yeah just, the post. Because you're, you're here, Glamour. right? You're, you're in this end of year thing where you've just made this big decision. And it's so easy for us to just focus on like, this is hard. And this is something really difficult that I navigated this year, but holy crap, while you were navigating it. I, yeah. Yeah. I got, I got flown out to LA yeah, to partake in a documentary about gambling harm. I don't really know, like by the time it airs, which is will air in 2023, um, probably towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of my story will make it, but um, we're going to be hopeful that I at least make an appearance that will show up on Hulu. Um, and there'll, I'm sure, be a post about it when it comes out. But yes. that that was a big thing, too. Like your to website to... can have a thing that says as seen on Hulu. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, for a National Geographic series. So it was yes. like amazing. Um, so cool. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to being back out there in 2023 advocating, you know, showing up at these conferences, trying to, trying to get the word out there that there is a safe space for women who is struggling from gambling harm. And, and I'm starting to see more and more safe spaces popping up for women. There's two in the UK right now. I think why we're going this direction. There's still um, not enough. So keep them coming. There's still not enough. Um, there is, if you go to bet no more, UK, there is a program there uh, called New Beginnings, and that is a women-based program, and it's wonderful. It's, it's run by our friend Lisa from the UK. There's also Thriving Together, which is a UK-based women's-only program. Um, I will put all the links to these groups in the show notes because I, I can't think of them off the top of my head right now because I didn't plan to really say this we, yeah we weren't planning on that but it just feels like the right thing to, to do so if you're in the UK both of those are fabulous um those women Nadine runs the thriving together and they really I mean they're both in recovery themselves so they've created these programs from their own personal experiences and it's and it's amazing and then if you're you know you're in the U.S. there's there's a few women's groups popping up now besides the Burke Girl Society. You got Women yeah. Gamblers in Recovery. They do a bi-weekly, not bi-weekly, bi-monthly meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and it's more of a GA fellowship style meeting. Wonderful group, wonderful women. Um, and then, of course, you've got Recovery Road Online Women's Group on Facebook. Yeah. Um, same. They have some women-focused meetings there. So if you're ever struggling for a meeting... There are meetings 24-7. There is absolutely no excuse to not hit a meeting. 
may they may not be women oriented, but there's there's meetings out there. You can go to gamblers. You may recovery. come up with a hundred excuses to not go to a meeting. You might, but, they're there. They're but there the meeting is still happening whether you attend it or not. So <laughs> there's you've got recovery gamblersinrecovery.com. Um, and that they have meetings 24 seven all over the world. So you can get into a meeting with a group of people from Australia or South Africa or Ireland. So, which is interesting. Um, and then of course, recovery road online, they have meetings every hour to throughout most of the day into the early morning hours. So there, and my good friend Maureen hosts Mm -hmm some of those meetings and she is absolutely fabulous. She hosts our um, step meeting on Saturday on the first Saturday of every month. So yeah, there is a community for you out there, whether, whether it's the BGS, whether it's, um, you know, all the different women's and then your group, right? Tell us about what's going on in your group. So that's evolved. So it, it, that's another interesting thing of like, checking in with myself and honoring what I want because you're on this journey. And when we met, there was a conversation about like, Tara, why not help just gamblers? You know, cause I'm like, I want to help women go after their big goals kind of after they've achieved this certain point in their version of sobriety. I really want to encourage women to go after their dreams and ask themselves what they want and give them permission to have it. But there was Also, as you were doing this, you were bringing me opportunities to step more into the gambling advocacy. And I do that in my, I do that in my local recovery community in intergroup. And I'm part of our uh, state advisory board, the Department of Human Services. I speak as a person with lived experience there. And I've talked to the press a couple of times. Like, I don't want to be a gambling recovery advocate. I will be out loud recovering for myself all the time, but watching you do this and seeing this impact, you have me kind of second guessing and going, well, maybe I need to lean in more to that. Maybe I should be doing more of that. And my truth is still my truth. I want to help women discover themselves. And so, you know, that's, that's evolved from solely wanting to serve women in recovery to serving women who are in these transitional moments in life around a big change. So that can be these re-identity moments where you need to refuel for the future that you want to create. It could be divorce. It could be grieving a loss. It could be empty nesting. It could be a major job loss. I've been helping people navigate change in my corporate recruiting career for so long that that lane of identifying purpose and believing in yourself and, and showing up for yourself is just, it's where I love to be, but not in the job placement arena anymore. And so that was another part of honoring, you know, who am I and some of the obstacles that showed up in trying to serve solely women in recovery um, were interesting. Like, okay, I need to go back to what I originally wanted. And then, you know, kind of floodgates open, you know, new name. It's now called the self-discovery sisterhood. And I'm inviting coaches of all different kinds who have businesses that focus on discipline. So I'm in this self-discovery phase, helping people figure out what the heck they want. And then once they figure it out, I'm pulling in these other resources, other resources of support. If I'm not the right coach for them, they can meet other coaches in this community. And I, what I haven't seen and what you've cultivated so well in BGS is that community of support where people are really sharing like here's what I'm working on. Here's what's going on for me. Here's what I'd like to achieve. Is there anyone here can help? That's not happening. And maybe it never will, 
But it is this space now where at least once a week, I've got guest speakers who come in and talk about their coaching discipline of expertise, summer fitness, summer relationship, summer mindset coaches like me, um, some are focused on self-care coaching in particular, and some are talking career co coaching and purpose and, and balance and productivity. We got all sorts of fun stuff coming up in there. And like yours, that's a free resource just to help people find growth and that next level of growth for them. And then in the recovery coaching space, really exciting opportunity coming my way. I'm partnering up with a, a recovered life to have a space to do recovery focused coaching as well. And so I'll have a profile up in recovered life. That's a new app recovery in your pocket, all addictions, all pack pathways. And I will be leading gambling meetings in that community. So that's, that's what I got going on. I'm really, really excited for that. And I look forward to seeing more information and stuff as that comes out, but yeah, yeah that, that was a big deal. I remember you talking about that and being excited I'm and so excited. There's a lot our of great Christina, coaches in that. Our friend Christina yes. Dennis is a codependency yep. coach in there. Uh, my friend Michelle is a, a co-occurring, co-occurring uh, disorders coaching in there and meetings, right? So the meetings are meetings. They're all virtual Zoom meetings as well in a, in a contained space where you can kind of get any meeting you might need. So alcohol, substance, codependency, gambling, impacted others. I'm just, I'm so excited about what it's going to be. And it's, it's all um, all addictions and all pathways to recovery. So, um, the, the meetings are kind of open share the couple that I've attended, the one that I've attended so far, and I'm signed up to test out a few more so I can speak from that. I attended a meeting and this is what it was like experience. Oh, that's nice. So let's talk about 2023. I think mm -hmm. we've done a really good recap on 2022 and you've kind of talked about what you're looking forward in 2023 with recovered yeah. life and, and, you know, the group and growing these different things and your lives are amazing, by the way. So, um, if you're not part of, um, Tara's group, we'll put the link in the show notes, um, because she puts a lot of information out about her lives. Like she, you even have financial coaches. Oh, I um, forgot about our money coaches. Yeah. Our money coaches. money coaches. <laughs> yeah. And so it's in a lot of, and that gives you the opportunity to connect with these coaches separately as well. Um, to really get that extra one-on-one -on -one work. Yeah, um, so many of them are so giving of their, you know, their resources. They've got free downloads. They've got free resources that you can use to give yourself a jump start if you're not in a place where you could invest in coaching. A lot of them do free consults. Yeah. Okay, so I want to address uh, a post real quick and kind of get get your take on this. A post that that I I saw recently. And it talked about, and I think this is important because we're coming into the end of the year and everybody's everybody's probably making this New Year's resolution. Like, I'm going to stop gambling in 2023. Mm. I'm going to maybe do this last hurrah on New Year's Eve. And then once that new day starts, I am done. And I know that I've come across this, it seemed like last year. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because when I, when I, saw this post and I'm not going to mention where it was at or anything like that. But when I saw this post, I was like, you know, my first instinct is just stop today. Like, why does there need to be a last hurrah? Because I certainly wasn't thinking, I didn't think like that, but my situation, I'm not going to compare my situation to this person's situation because my situation was just completely different. I did make actively make the decision around the first of the year 
to stop gambling, but it wasn't because it was the first of the year. It was just because it finally had like it collated, but it wasn't because, oh, this is my new year's resolution. It was just like, I've got to stop or I'm, I'm not going to be here much Yeah. I mean, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to use my swear word. Addiction is a bitch. It really is. It's a sneaky little bitch. And it will find any reason to keep itself alive. And so if you have any days free from gambling and your goal is to live a gambling-free life, your brain is going to do this to you. Like, you could just go for New Year's, bring a family member. You won't bet that much. You can do it. And the thing is, we don't know what's going to happen that next time if we choose that next time. And Christina, you you tempted fate a little bit on a couple months into your your recovery journey, right? I did. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd made this promise to myself that I was going to quit a million times before I stepped into rooms of recovery and tempted fate and said I could control it and it was going to be fine. And And then I'd go to the casino and I'd win. And I'd be back for months without a thought in the world about not gambling again until I was completely freaking devastated. And I lost a ton of time and I lost a lot more money and, and, and it progressively got worse because that's what this disease does. It progressively gets worse, never better. And the, the thoughts of gambling, the desire to gamble, the, the little excuses that our mind comes up with as reasons we could or should gamble they're they're just always going to be there so if you have any clean time under your belt right now and you desire a gambling a life without gambling then the decision to gamble would be one that that risks you continuing a life of gambling and if we were drug addicts and we were on the street and we wanted a last hurrah that could be an overdose And as gamblers, we don't experience a physical overdose or death, but our version of an overdose is suicide. That's what we're risking here. It's no joke. If we're addicted, Christina and I both share many of the women we share space with in recovery rooms have had suicidal ideation, have had suicide attempts as a result of their gambling. Do you want to do that? for one last hurrah. Do you want to risk that? Do you really want to risk your life? And that's, um, that's how I feel about it now. And I get really fired up about it because I, I, I see so many people in the substance world do that. I'm just going to use one more time and then they die. And mm-hmm. the same thing can happen to gamblers. And I think it's, it's something that we tell ourselves it's just one more time. It's just one more time. And I think you know, even with the idea of like, I'm just going to end the year and then I'm going to start 2023 fresh. And it's just like, I think us as, as people in recovery know that it's never that simple. It's really focusing on just right now. Like I'm not gambling right now. And it's not, it's not looking ahead saying 2023 is going to be my year. I think that's where it can get a little you know, that's, that's where we kind of lose focus on the fact that we need to stop gambling. And I think even if we're planning a new year's Eve of like, Oh, just a dinner, maybe the free play. If, if it were, if it were that simple for for you, then gambling wouldn't be a problem. 
right? If it was that simple. Right. Because we don't, like you said, we don't know where someone's at. So maybe gambling isn't really a problem for them. You know, maybe gambling is something that they want um, to have a different relationship with, but they're not fully addicted. Like we can't decide that. Right. Right. And I think it's just, it's just language though. One last hurrah. That one last hurrah indicates that, that you're, I don't know. I guess it it indicates to me that you're planning to gamble. And when you're a person, when you're, when you're a person that wants recovery, you're a person that's actively seeking recovery or actively seeking what recovery could look like for you. When you're planning to gamble, like that just kind of throws it out the, out the, the door, right? You're already planning on breaking your recovery or, or slipping or whatever planning for recovery. You're not planning for recovery. You're planning to gamble and recovery is not gambling. Recovery is working on changing our mindset about gambling, right? It's changing. Anytime gambling dictates our choices, it's a problem. Whether you're, whether you're not paying your bills, whether you are paying your bills, whether your credit score hasn't been impacted or is, if your decisions are based off of when you're going to gamble next, it's a problem. You know, it's, it's a problem. And so it's, it's as simple as that to me. Like, I don't think gambling should dictate our life in any capacity, even in the simplest ones. Well, look at, I mean, look at how many people around the world, millions, billions of people around the world are planning to ring in the new year. And they're not even thinking about gambling. Right. Not right. even a thought in their mind. And here we compulsive gamblers are like, well, so fun at the casino what new years. You know, we find all these reasons why we should go. Be why we should go gambling, why we deserve to be there, why it's okay to be there. And we're rationalizing it. And we're justifying it. And it's just bullshit. It's just what the disease, the addiction, addiction. Your, your addiction is talking to you and you don't have to listen to it. And if you listen to it, it could kill you. And as Kitty likes to stay, put him back in the cage. Monster. Put him the back in the, in the cage. So what are your New Year's Eve plans? Mm, I am going to a party with friends and I am bringing a date Ooh. to said party. So I am very much looking forward to a kiss at midnight. Nice. And sharing some time with people that I love and playing some playing some non-gambling games with each other and having some good food together. I'm bringing a sausage cheese dip in case you're wondering what's happening at that potluck. That sounds amazing. Sausage cheese dip. I will be spending New Year's Eve with friends as well. We are actually yeah. going to be playing D&D Dungeons and Dragons Clue. Nope, the Clue game. Not the Dungeons and Dragons. I got so excited. I, I know you were like game in ages. Oh yeah. my gosh. I forget how fun those role play games can be. Yeah. And so my, they're my, my friends are, they are Dungeons and Dragons people. They play every Saturday night, but I am not a Dungeons and Dragons person. I'm not saying I couldn't be, uh-huh. but my, so I got this clue game that was Dungeons and Dragons because I like games. I love board games. And so this is my version of stepping into uh, the D&D world. Yeah. Nice. So oh I'm my really gosh. looking forward to that. And I think we'll probably I have Christina's, some. 
Are you going to change your haircut to look like D&D characters next year? I don't even know what a D&D character looks like. I'm going to have to Google some, but mm. um, I'm sure I will be very well versed after Saturday. But um, <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to just that sounds fun. a nice, nice, quiet, fun thing. We'll probably just have like a lot of little potluck cheese yeah. dips and stuff going on. And uh, yeah, so. I'm looking, what I'm else? Looking forward to that. What else uh, you got coming in 2023? That's how you're ringing it in. Woo! That's how I'm ringing it in. And honestly, I always, if you know me by now, you know I have 10,000 projects in my head. Mm-hmm. And my struggle for 2022 has been getting them out of my head. Like I've, I've been working on my book, yeah, which will end up being actually three books. And then um, it's kind of a series, but not series, if that makes sense. Um, kind of like my before gambling kind of during my recovery and then kind of, you know, what to expect after recovery. And after you start recovery, recovery is life, life is recovery, but kind of that I'm going to really hone in on those and at least get, get one of those out. Um, yeah. And I'm going to continue to be active in the community you know, just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep putting these podcasts out, keep meeting new people, keep having the the conversations of, of how to advocate for ourselves and how to look, look at what we want in life. And yes, yes. So that's, that's, I have so many things going, but it's just, I don't know yeah. what I'll get accomplished. What I, will, I know, but. I know, me neither. Right? I just kind of forgive myself, and I think that's something we've both actually did work on in 2022. The intensity of our podcast internal pressure. Gotta get it yes. out. Gotta get it out. And we're both like, oh, I didn't do an episode for a couple of weeks, and that's okay. The episodes are there. We do them when we can. We we are allowed to shift our priorities and our focus based on what we need and want for what feels right in that, in that moment. And uh, we're honoring ourselves in doing that. I used to feel a lot of like responsibility to hurry up and get the podcast out as if people were waiting for it to drop. And like, there were, there, there are people waiting, you know, I would get a message. Hey, has Tara, um, put out like what's going on with Tara or I get them, especially for Brian, like, like I'm, I'm the personal PR rep for podcasters. Like seriously. Um, and like, Hey, is, is Brian? Okay. As he put out a podcast and I'm like, you're, mm-hmm. you can ask about mine. Like <laughs> put one out. Nobody ever but asks about mine. <laughs> so I'm like, but you know, for me, you know, when I started, I, I started off strong. I was doing them weekly and, um, now, you know, my goal is two a month, two a month. And I think that's a reasonable goal. And, and it sometimes gets a little hard, you know, finding people that want to share, their story because it is such such a vulnerable thing to do. I think um, it's important to highlight like right now then, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to tell your story, Christina absolutely allows you to Yeah, do that reach out to me at Christina at the Burke Girl Society. Yeah. Re- yeah, you can be anonymous on the podcast and and like what I like to tell people too is um you know, the people that are listening to, to our podcast are going to be people seeking recovery, seeking help either for themselves or others. So mm-hmm. it's less likely that your boss or your neighbor or your aunt is listening to the podcast unless they're seeking 
that help for themselves as well. And so I, I think it's important to mention that. So people feel a little more comfortable sharing their story. Um, but if the podcast is helpful to you in your own recovery, you know, your story could be just as impactful to somebody else listening. And so I never want to pressure anybody to share their story. Like it's got to be something that, that, that you feel comfortable doing and, and called to do and called to do the service, you know, as part of your recovery. Um, but it's, it's always so appreciative and, you know, we can keep you as anonymous and safe as possible by not sharing maybe your location, um, going by a shortened version of your name. You know, we can, there are things that we can definitely do, uh, to make you feel more comfortable sharing your story. So yes, if, if you are somebody listening, you've been impacted by the podcast and you have, or feel the need to do some service and, and share your own story, your own journey, your own recovery, reach out to me at Christina at the broke girl society.com. And I will get back to you. And yeah. So anything Perfect. you want to close with? I just that I I think I had a moment yesterday that reminded me that you can never say it enough. So for anybody who's out there listening, you matter. You make a difference in people's lives. You are loved and you are deserving of recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter where this journey of addiction has taken you, whether you, you're feeling like you'll never get yourself back or you'll never be able to undo the things you've done, um, you are absolutely worthy of recovery. And recovery will put you on a path of healing and growth. And I can't promise you that it will fix everything in your life, but I can promise you that you will feel purpose again. You will find those bits of yourself that that make it worth it. So absolutely. So with that, I wish you a very happy New Year's. Um, and I wish you all the love and support and everything you need rolling into 2023. And yeah, Tara and I will be back. Yeah. Happy 2023 to all of you and a uh, big coffee slash juice cheers from me. <laughs> yep. Or uh, water, an empty water cup from me. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks for listening in. Tara's waving. I know I'm you waving. can't see that, but she's waving. You can't see me. I'm waving. <laughs> <laughs>